Yo, welcome back, all you Primetime Thoughts players, all you Primetime Thoughts fans, all you newcomers that's just coming out to the podcast. This is episode 93. And for episode 93, me and my, and my main co-host, Troy, we have a special guest with us. Uh, we have Chad Michael Kelly in the building, ladies and gentlemen. Chad Michael Kelly, thank you for joining us for episode Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. It is a pleasure. I've been wanting to uh, speak on some stuff, so yeah, I'm glad I'm here. Hey, now's your now's your time, bro. Now's your time. Like, yeah. you, you, hey, anybody is always a welcome guest. Y'all just gotta let me know. And Chad let me know. He was like, "Hey, man, let me get in uh, '93." I was like, "All right, that's a bet. That's too easy." Yeah. Like, I'll keep you informed of all the topics and when we set it up and we'll we'll, uh, we'll run it up. But yeah, man. Uh, Episode 92 did great. Episode 91 did great. We all do great on episode 93, boys. So, uh, for, uh, for, all right. So, to start it off, we're going to have a moment of silence for Hang Aaron and Larry King, who just passed away, uh, both recently. All right, boys. Uh, can y'all give me some of your, uh, like maybe one or two of your favorite uh, hang air mo- uh, moments and then Larry King? Uh, Chad, we'll start with you since you're the guest. Well, I mean, you know, Hank Aaron was such a pioneer for baseball back in the day. You know, not only, you know, opening, you know, so many doors, but showing that, you know, it, 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 just like toppling the greatest of all times and becoming one of becoming one of the greatest, if not the greatest of all time, you know, with, you know, uh, the home run records, you you know, he, I I believe he only had two seasons. That was his first and last, you know, he never, that he didn't make the all-star game. And and there's also I think two seasons that he didn't hit, you know, 30 home runs in a season. And, you know, uh, he didn't – he also has uh, a great stat to have is uh, he has more – he has more walks than strikeouts. That's a good – you know, he, <laughs> he just – he just strides – he just uh, strides for excellence in everything he did. And, you know, I feel like he inspired a good amount of people. And, you know, without, without him, I don't think we would have had half the people we do in the, in the MLB, in the MLB, uh, within the past years and today, you know, and, uh, it's yeah. really sad that we had to lose him. It really is. But I'm glad, you know, they both live, you know, full lives, you know, they, you know, they had, I feel like they had some great moments and happy lives. So shot, uh, good, good, uh, going with that. But, um, it's, uh, sad to see, uh, both these two go. Yeah, I mean, Hank Aaron, he was top three player of all time, probably top five in every major statistical category, hits, runs, RBIs, home runs. He could do it all. 25-time All-Star. Of course, he he was more than just a great player. Opened doors for people like Chad said, you know, for things bigger than baseball, you know, really reached the barrier of equality and it's a tough loss. It's a tough loss. Yeah. Uh, so for hate, for hate, Aaron, like you guys said, the whole runs that was great. He uh, he really pioneered uh, 
in in the MLB, which was not a really good good like good or great time at that time when it comes down to yeah, uh, especially being in Atlanta, Georgia. You know, there's uh, a bunch of you know there were a bunch of problems back then, a bunch of adversity he faced, no doubt. You know, and he still you know strided to be the best and. Through all that adversity, you know, he's still one of the most successful baseball players of all time. You know? Yep, and that's that's why we love him. We appreciate Hank Aaron. Uh, I saw somewhere where the uh, the Brewers, Atlanta team is the Brewers. Uh, Braves. 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 I saw I saw where the Braves are going to retire forty four. The Falcons are going to retire forty four, and I believe the Hawks are going to retire forty four. But I'm not 100% sure as of right now. Like, I, I feel like the Hawks should retire 44 as well. But that's that's all the Hawks. I think uh, Solomon Hill uses 44. So, if just let him uh, move on. Uh, as for uh, Larry King, uh, iconic Larry King moment is his interview with Frank Sinatra in 19, uh, 1988, which was basically – uh, writers call it a kiss and tell book uh, for pimps and hoes. Hold on. I got runny nose. My apologies, y'all. I'm I'm getting nosebleeds out of crazy because yeah. I got stitches all yeah. in my mouth and shit. So it's it's a rough time. It's a rough time. Wisdom people <laughs> do you that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was it was it was basically said to be a uh, a kiss and tell for pimps and hoes, and he was confessing uh, all of his all the uh, all the stuff that he did on stage, off stage, all that stuff. All the people that he slept with and stuff like that. So that's one of uh, his iconic moments. Uh, Larry King with the Beatles. Uh, that's another one. Uh, Jerry uh, Seinfeld. Uh, huh, shit. Larry King with Gaga and Donald Trump. Oh man, <laughs> like to to go on and on about Larry King. He was he was a great broadcaster. Uh, some some. Uh, a lot of us look up to Larry King when it comes out to interviews and stuff like that. And uh, hopefully one day uh, there's an honor in his name and stuff like that when it comes down to broadcasting. But, uh, mm-hmm. but all right, uh, fellas, uh, let's, let's turn the page real quick. We'll get into our next topic. Uh, so coming up in a couple of, in a couple of weeks, I think in like two weeks, uh, we have the WWE Royal Rumble. Uh Troy, start us off. Uh, give give us your favorite uh, Royal Rumble moment. Uh, favorite Royal Rumble moment. Am I allowed to, to speak this man's name? Uh, is it CB? Is is his initial CB? Yes. No. All right. I guess when Kane eliminated 11 people in one Royal Rumble. Okay. That's the best I can do for you. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. other guy, 
the other guy we cannot say because if WWE doesn't want to say it, and YouTube, you can't find any, you could barely find anything on YouTube. If you don't need, if you watch wrestling, if you don't need initial CB, you know why. But uh, Kane, yeah. Kane getting the most eliminations at one point uh, was definitely a great, a great moment for me. Uh, another great moment for the Royal Rumble was uh, uh, Rey Mysterio. Ray Mysterio, uh, last week, I think he went in like first or second, and then he just made it throughout the whole Royal Rumble just to win it. That was a that was a great Rumble, and then he went on to WrestleMania to win it as well. Uh, that was a great moment. I love that Ray. Every time they bring it up, I love that. I love that match. It's a great match. Uh, Chad, what's what's your favorite Rumble moment? You know, I'm kind of personally biased with this one. You know, I I really enjoyed. You know. The one where John Cena just shows up in Madison Square Garden, you know, and everybody, it just erupts the electricity, the everything just, you know, that whole, like everybody was not expecting this. And it was just a whole, you know, out of left field kind of move. And, you know, it, it from, you know, the injuries and whatnot, but. Yeah, and that was probably my favorite moment, strictly based on just, you know, the electricity of the crowd, everybody getting involved, everybody just like in awe and shock, you know. I feel like that was one of the best Royal Rumble moments, in my opinion. Yep, that, that was definitely a great Royal Rumble moment. Uh, still one of the iconic moments in the WWE. And uh, so, so the confirmed matches that are set as of right now are... Uh, Drew McIntyre versus Goldberg for the WWE Championship. Uh, who do you guys have winning that one? Man, you know, I remember when Drew McIntyre first entered the WWE, and, you know, he was just, you know, another guy trying to make it. He was, like, a scrawny guy. They didn't really know what to do with him, and then he got off that hiatus, and then he just came back dominant, stronger than ever, bigger than ever, and you know, he's been on a roll recently, but Goldberg, man. Goldberg is so just brutal with just power and force. I think it's going to be a close match, but I feel like I feel like Goldberg takes it. I feel like Goldberg takes it. Yeah. All right. Uh, I, I definitely agree with you. Uh, I, I, love, I love seeing Drew McIntyre's rise up uh, from when he first started to – then when he came back and then going to NXT and then um, and then after going into NX and then after building up and going into NXT and going into WWE finally getting into the WWE title picture, I feel like he's been a great champion. Uh, oh, there goes Jerry. <laughs> I feel like he's been a uh, he's been. Uh, Drew McIntyre's been a good champion on Raw. It's just the uh, the other guys on Raw can't really like keep up when it comes down to match quality and stuff like that. Like some of some of the other matches or storylines are just terrible. But uh, for for the Rumble, I got uh, I got Drew, I got Goldberg winning, but then Drew comes back in the main uh, in the Rumble. In the men's rubble, and he wins the men's rubble to challenge Goldberg for the uh, WWE Championship. Well, usually when you bring a guy like Goldberg back, it's because you need money. So, 
order to make money, he needs to win. Put two and two together, I, I would imagine he would win. Uh, <laughs> I like Zach's theory about him going back into the Rumble match after losing to Goldberg. But I'm going to go with another old face. I'll take Randy Orton to win the Rumble match. Oh, okay. Okay. Ooh, that could make it an interesting triple threat at Mania, dude. That'd be a good one. Uh, Jared, who you got for the uh, for Drew McIntyre and Goldberg? You said Drew McIntyre versus Goldberg or, the R- or just the Rumble itself? No, Drew McIntyre versus Goldberg. For the WWE Championship, um, um, I think Drew McIntyre gonna win, but some bullshit with the Fiend's gonna happen because they just can't keep that motherfucker out of it. So, all right. And then uh, who you got? And then also the other uh, match for the for the Rumble is uh, Kevin Owens versus uh, Roman Reigns in the last best standing match. Me personally, I feel like. Uh, I feel like they're gonna give it to uh Roman. And Roman's basically gonna walk into Rumble with the championship. I, I don't feel like Roman is gonna uh lose the belt anytime soon. Uh Chad, who who do you have in that match? Kevin Owens versus You know Owens. Uh I, I believe it was yesterday, you know, when uh Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns got into it, you know. And Kevin Owens just, you know, tore him up. Man, and you know, I felt I feel like that was a good message to send, but at the same time, best not to you know shake a dog while he's down or while he's up in 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 this case. But I feel like that's gonna spark something in Roman Reigns and kind of just shake that you know, like I'm not taking this you know, and then I feel like he's going to use that energy and use that to win the match. Uh, uh, against Kevin Owens, even though I feel like Kevin Owens will make it close. All right. All right. Uh, uh, history Jared, history. who do you got in the match? Um, I think Roman Reigns is going to win. Uh, a lot of that J.O. Uso shit's going to happen. And uh, I don't know. It's going to be a lot of interferences, but. I don't see Kevin Owens winning at the Royal Rumble. There's just not a big enough pay-per-view for Kevin Owens to actually have a belt change like that, or the WWE to have a major belt change like that. It's going to be close. Like, that time Kofi Kingston was going against um, Daniel Bryan in the chamber, Shit, it'll be close, but some some weird's going to happen. Roman Reigns is going to win. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. When you go last man standing, that kind of suits a guy like Roman Reigns. It's kind of hard to have Owens get the uh, the pushover against him in a match like that, especially when, you know, really don't have a crowd and it's not a right. huge pay-per-view for singles matches. So the, it wouldn't really make sense to have a major title change, like Jared said right there. Right. All right. All right, All right boys, let's, let's get to a little bit of LSU. You know, uh, LSU football, you know, uh, this this last season wasn't great. Uh, it was outright fucking terrible, and it was a bad time to be an LSU fan after a uh, national championship. But hey, uh, that's what happens when a lot of people, when a lot of guys uh, declare for the draft. You got like 18, uh, 19 guys declare for the draft, and most of those guys are your starters. You got a, a lot of young guys and no offseason, no spring or whatever. Uh, but 
for this season, uh, they're at least gonna have an off season in the spring. Uh, so who do you, who do you guys see it uh, coming to fill in? We already have an offensive coordinator, a new offensive coordinator. Uh, so who do you guys see coming in to fill in uh, the defensive coordinator spot? Troy, we'll start with you. Uh, I literally have no idea. I mean, <laughs> their first two options done at this uh, point. The Saints uh, defensive line coach, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, they, the first guy they tried to get was a dude from uh, Cincinnati, but he chose Notre Dame. I think they said they wanted to talk to Jim Leonard, but I don't see him leaving Wisconsin because that's where he went to school. Yeah. Maybe you could try to swing a guy like Chris Richard, but <sighs> I doubt it. So if we if we do get a, a, a deal uh a new defensive coordinator. Uh, what what type of uh, base formation do you think uh, LSU is really going to be in? Uh, college, you really usually want to run a 3-4 because your defensive ends aren't developed yet, so they're not big enough. So you just run three tackles essentially in the middle with two pass rushing linebackers. So, yeah, a, a guy like Chris Richard would fit well. I mean – I guess it really doesn't matter who they get. They just got to have somebody that's consistent in making the right adjustments. Like last year, Bo Pelini, he just sit out there, run man coverage, get burned all game, and never make any adjustments. So as long as you get somebody to make adjustments, the talent will shine. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Chat, any suggestions or anything you're looking for to do defensive coordinator coach? Yeah, you know, I mean, there was there was just a lot of confusion last year, you know, and I mean, with what they've been looking from, you know, they had that one to go to Notre Dame, and they missed out on him, and then they had that other deal that they were trying to close, but they just couldn't find it, and then he eventually settled on another deal that another team offered him. Uh, I heard they're looking at um, the assistant defensive coordinator over at Georgia, which Georgia historically has had pretty good defense. Uh, and, you know, I, I don't think that's a bad move. You know, I wouldn't, you know, jump to anything, you know, just yet. But I feel like uh, they're they're definitely looking in the right area uh, going with the Georgia uh, assistant uh, defensive coordinator. I, I forget his name. Uh, Glenn Schumann. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Glenn Schumann. Yeah, and, you know, it, it – it, like like Troy said, you know, it doesn't really – we just need someone who's consistent, who can, you know, produce, uh, you know, unpredictable defensive plays to where they don't know, you know, if it's run defense, pass defense. But, you know, um, it's all going to – I feel, you know, once they make that decision, it's all going to be, a, you know, a chemistry thing in the locker room as soon as they get uh, settled, you know. Jared, from the outside looking in perspective, because you're an Ohio State fan, on an outside uh, looking in perspective, how do you feel about LSU and the potential of their defense and stuff? Um, shit, I hope they just get it right. Fucking get the right people. Get ready to play Alabama's beat-up-ass team next year. Well, not beat-up. I'm going to say a lot of Alabama teams. Uh... Fucking getting drafted. <laughs> so, 
I just hire the right people. I, I hear y'all talking about they're looking for people to get the right guy. That's really all I can say. Because, fuck, we, you know, Ohio State got their issues too. So it's going to be long, gonna be two long seasons. <laughs> you fuck. think it's going to be two long seasons before uh, Ohio State gets back to the uh, playoffs? Son, we ain't even got a damn quarterback. I don't, <laughs> fucking, <laughs> fuck, I don't even know who our quarterback going to be. So let alone. We had Trey Sermon played five games and went to the draft. I don't even know who our running back going to be. Only person I know who who we got is Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. Everybody else left. So yeah, yeah I don't know why Olave stayed. I didn't get that. Olave Olave would have been a top twenty pick, and he did. I mean, he stayed for some reason. Yeah, I don't get that one. But unless he's trying to go number one next year, but all right, whatever. <laughs> All right, boys, let's get to some NFL, boys. Uh, so the divisional round, uh, we're all Saints fans, and unfortunately that that was not a divisional round outcome that we all would have loved to see. Uh, Chad, we're going to start with you. How, how do you feel about the Saints and, and uh, Bucks and, and uh, the other divisional round games and stuff? Well, Saints versus Bucks. I feel we just we you know I've been telling everybody that I see you know like the Buccaneers did not win that game. We lost that game. We had every opportunity to come back and win with penalties. You know, they kept giving us they kept giving us yards and they kept giving away yards. You know, and they they turned they 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 just kept giving away penalties and we just never you know we never capitalized on that and you know when you give away, you know, four turnovers and they score on three of those uh, drives, it, it's, it's not a good look. And I, I feel, you know, it, it, the, we definitely probably played one of the worst games that year in, in this season. You know, uh, I was really upset to see, you know, um, everything unfold like that. I was really upset to see when Quan Alexander got uh, that Achilles injury. And, you know, we had to go to Anzalone, and I feel like Anzalone, he didn't produce as much as Quan Alexander would have. He, 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 if you watch the game, you know, you could just see there were some tackles where there was, he was just late there, and he wasn't uh, – he, he could have he stopped first downs. He could have stopped on, like, thirds and ones and, like, third and goals. But, you know, he was just too late to get there. And I feel like, you know, it's just going to be – you know, it's another one of those years where it's just, you know, we have no real reason to why we lost. We just did. Um, you know, uh, in, other, in the other divisional rounds, uh, you know, Rams and Packers, I didn't, I didn't think, you know, anything different. You know, I feel like that was pretty much set in stone once it was uh, made because of, yeah. because of Aaron Donald being hurt. You know, he was definitely not at 100% that game. His ribs were bothering him, you could tell. And, you know, it, it was just also with the quarterback situation, Jared Goff having a thumb injury. And um, I forget the other man, uh, the other man's name, but he had that uh, concussion to him or that stinger. And that pretty much, uh, uh, you know, they, they try to protect their quarterbacks. They're not just trying to, you know, throw them out there. So, I mean, I feel like, you know, that game was pretty much how everybody expected it to be. Um, you know, AFC with, uh, 
Chiefs and uh, who did they play Titans? No, Chiefs and Browns. Browns. Yeah, the Chiefs and Browns. You know, I really, I really had faith in the Browns, man. I really did. And you know, it was just, man, it, you hate to see it, but you know, uh, they could, they could have won that game. They really could have. You know, stopped them on fourth, and, stopped them on fourth and one. You know, had the ball at the fifty, had a chance. You know, and you know, it, they just didn't. They just blew the coverage on uh, Tyreek. They didn't see. I don't know why they didn't think that Andy wasn't going to snap the ball, but they didn't. And then the Bills and Ravens, Josh Allen, man, got a cannon, bro. Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen, I love that combination. They're they're gonna. I feel like they're those are my. That's my favorite to win uh, this year's Super Bowl is the Bills with Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. You know, they're a good dynamic duo right there. Okay. Uh, Jerry, how, how you feel about the divisional round? Um, the divisional round. As far as the Saints and Bucks, son, we just didn't have an offense. Like, other than that damn Bears trick play that we stole, we just looked like shit. <laughs> like, we was just – and I see Troy's background trying to throw some, you know, throw some miracles in there. But, yeah, son, if we had any other quarterback who could throw the ball 30 yards, we probably would have won. Ain't really no other way to explain that. And our defense was getting worked because we wasn't on the field. I don't even remember what the time of possession was, but we were just getting worked. But um, as far as Bills and uh, Titans, I actually thought the Titans was going to win. I picked the Titans to at least be in tomorrow's game. But I guess when you shut down Derrick Henry, that's the whole Titans offense is gone. So A.J. Brown can't do it all himself. Um, and the Browns, I don't even think the Browns would be able to compete as well as they did, but I'm sure they gave them a show. Now, as far as – the Bills in Kansas City? I don't know, Sean. I actually well, – I guess we'll get there when we do that part. But I do like Josh Allen and uh, Stephon Diggs. Nobody thought they would gel as well as they did. Um, but I don't know. I feel like this thing should be playing tomorrow. Don't think they would have won with the performance they had, but we should at least be playing tomorrow. Our defense really, like – the state of score was – Six nothing in the beginning should have been fourteen nothing to start. The first like fifteen, no, first ten minutes should have been ten nothing. But um, yeah, I, I think the division around was a good like show for the NFL. Everybody who had their predictions, a lot of people thought the Titans was gonna go far. A lot of people had the Browns kind of somehow upsetting Kansas City, especially when um Patrick Mahomes got hurt. Everybody's like, oh shit. Browns got a chance, and then they just they just didn't. So, but who played in the uh, who played in the in those? Oh, the Packers and uh, Rams. Rams. Yeah, Packers and Rams. I saw the score. I think it was like ten. It was like nineteen to six. I was at work or something. I actually thought the Rams was about to upset them and put all that Rogers, you know, freezing cold bullshit to bed. And then I don't know what happened. All I know is I came back after my – I clocked out and the Rams lost. So, <laughs> that was it. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, before the playoffs started, I had the Bills winning the Super Bowl because I just felt like they had the best all-around offense and feel like offense is really what gets it done in this day and age of the NFL. Uh, you get a timely defensive stop or two or force a turnover at all – 
depends on what you do after that turnover. So, I mean, Bills winning, that was expected. A lot of people or a couple people picked the Ravens to upset them, but I didn't see it. Uh, Chiefs and uh, Browns, that was another good game. Browns probably should have won that game if they would have called the illegal helmet-to-helmet uh, -helmet hit on the fumble that went out the end zone for a touchback. But otherwise, I thought I thought the Browns put up a good defensive performance considering the circumstances, and uh, they have a bright future ahead. As far as the NFC, uh, we all knew once Aaron Donald wasn't 100%, the odds of them beating the Packers was pretty much zero to none because he is their entire pass rush. So that was expected. And as far as the Saints and the Bucks go, I mean, some people are surprised. I'm not really surprised. Uh, when you have a quarterback who's old, can't really throw far, not very mobile, even though he's mobile in the pocket, you're going to face teams that are just going to press you at the line, not give you an ounce of space, and force you to beat them in tight windows. And Drew Brees could not do that. It's the same situation the last four postseasons, really. Like, if you look at all our rematches, they all end up close. Like, 2018, we beat the Eagles 49-7, 48-7, whatever it was. Played them in the playoffs, we beat them 20-14. to It's just tightening up and an adjustment. So, it really doesn't matter what you do in the regular season. You really have to protect the football because the second you turn it over and you give up seven points off that turnover, it's, it's a wrap. And, and even with all the bad turnovers, the one that really killed us was the Jared Cook fumble. If you don't fumble that ball, Saints go up two scores at least, and it's pretty much a wrap because there's no way our defense is going to allow them to drive down the field twice when they hadn't right. done it all game. All three of their touchdown drives started in our territory off the turnovers. They had the interception, got the ball at the two. They had – the fumble from Jared Cook got the ball at like the 30 and any other interception by Devin White and they returned it to like the 40. So they had short field all game long for their touchdown drives. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, disappointing week for a Saints fan, but I have high hopes for the futures because I feel like if we get a quarter or when we have a quarterback that's, you know, more reliable on stretching the field, It'll be able to open up Sean Payton's play calling so we won't be running stick and double drags all game and <laughs> two-yard routes because that's all that Drew Brees can throw, which yeah. is sad to say. I mean, I ain't got nothing bad to say about Drew Brees. He's held it down for 15 years, really never had a quarterback that was even moderately above average until he got here. So I'm glad uh, we got that out of him, and we did get a ring, so – we got something to hang our hats on. Yeah, I mean, you know, Drew, a lot of people don't understand how much he's done for the city and how much hope he gave us, you know. And that's, you know, I appreciate him for that. But, you know, like like you were saying, Troy, like he's just, you know, he's getting to that age. You know, he did have that injury early on in his career. We knew that was going to limit him. We just didn't know when. And, you know, I feel like it happened like two, three years ago. And we noticed, you know, like when he was throwing them short balls and whatnot. But, you know, I feel like he's done way – like he's probably done the most for the city since Tom Benson. And so, you know, I appreciate him for that, definitely. I'll always respect Drew Reese for that. I do, I, I do think it's time, you know, to hang it up. 
unfortunately. I really hate to say that. I really do. Yeah. I just wish he didn't hang it up when we made to the damn uh, this far in the playoffs. Because now we ain't even got a – ain't no quarterback going to fall that far. That's worth a shit. And I also, I realized we was talking about the division round. I didn't, the reason I didn't even talk about the Ravens and the Bills, I didn't think the Ravens had a chance. I'm going to be honest with y'all. I, I, I mean, I like Lamar Jackson, but – I didn't think the Ravens had a chance. But back to what I was saying about the quarterbacks, though, like. All right, go, Jared. Say what you were saying. Yeah, I was just saying, um, you know, we got a lot of high hopes to get a quarterback. But usually when teams like the Jets, the Falcons, um, the Jaguars, Houston now, like they know they got some they got the potential to get a top five quarterback or get their way into getting a top five quarterback. And right now we're just sitting with like, what, the 27th pick or something like that? Yes. Yeah, and around somewhere around there, we have Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston, which some people, be- you know, I, I, there's a lot of like local um, debates about like, like, you know, who would prefer Jameis over Taysom, who would prefer Taysom over Jameis. And I mean local, like, in New Orleans only. So, you know, people just going to fight about that until we get a top 10 pick. And then we'll go from there. We I don't really know what we got the trade other than Michael Thomas. <laughs> so a couple first rounds that we haven't had in years because we trade them yeah, for Davenport. Hey, we got a lot of people we can trade and try to get uh, the shot watching. One thing, one person I feel like we could trade is – um. You know, Trey Hendrickson. I mean, you know, yeah, we could. As, as much as I hate to say it, because Trey Hendrickson, you know, I don't know if he was either he was either tied for second or he was second in the league in sacks, you know, but the, the, all the reality is, you know, we just don't have the cap space for him, you know, and so yeah. I feel like we could venture out and, you know, trade some, uh, maybe have like a trade where it's like Trey Hendrickson uh, and maybe a couple of draft picks for. Uh, Deshaun Watson. I know he's trying to get out of there. We need a quarterback. So, I mean, options are there. Yeah. We could trade Trey Hendricks to, like, Washington for one of their picks and then flip one of their picks because if Washington takes Trey Hendricks and Chase Young, they'll have a solid defensive line. But I think even though Trey Hendricks don't really have a big Aaron Donald type of name, that man did have almost 14 sacks. So... He has some trade value on him. Like scouts really watched him. Yep. Um. NFC. Uh. NFC game. Uh. Packers versus Bucks. Chad, who you got? I feel like it's gonna be close. You know, I I heard that um Antonio Brown. You know, he lost his spot. To um, I forget uh the other guy's name. Uh. Um, but, uh, he, I, I, and, you know, Tom Brady, you know, I, 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 you know, I'll give him the respect, you know, he, he's, he's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, you know, but at the same time, you have Aaron Rodgers, who is, he's up there as well, you know, uh, with playoff experience, Super Bowl experience. And I feel like, I feel like Aaron is more hungry for another one. Like he just has the one. You know, I feel like he wants to add more. 
before he retires. I'm going to take the Packers because of Aaron because of Aaron Rodgers and um, Aaron Jones. Really, that run game is ridiculous that the Packers have. You know, it's almost you know, this this one thing a lot of these teams had uh, coming into the playoffs is a good run game. You know, uh, so I feel like the Packers could get it done uh, as long as they play well. They're going to be in uh, Lambeau. It's going to be you know twenty something degrees. Not new to Tom, but it's going to be new to a lot of the Tampa Bay players who are used to playing in, you know, warm, humid climates. Um, so I, I'll take the Packers. You know, um, I'll say, I'll say twenty-eight to twenty-four. All right, all right, Troy. Pretty split on this game, just because I feel like it's a terrible matchup for Green Bay because their their run defense is not very good. And Tampa Bay can run the ball a little bit, and they have the best run defense in the league. But if I had to place a bet on the money line, all hands on deck, I'd probably have to lean Green Bay by about a field goal just because I feel like Tom Brady hasn't really played well. He didn't really play well last week, even though they, they won, but – he really didn't drive it that driving down the field once the entire game. He made a few nice throws, but overall wasn't great. I just feel like Aaron Rodgers is so so much better at this moment of time, just because the ability to get outside the pocket and make plays happen once the play breaks down. So I'll probably say Green Bay wins 27-24. All right, Jerry. Um, I'm kind of leaning with Troy this game. I'm the thing. So if 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 Tampa Bay's defense come out and play like they played us, I would give Tampa the slight advantage. Even though I think both teams are gonna have really long drives, it's not gonna be no four or five play drives. It's gonna be for both like seven plus drives, maybe eight play or more. Time of possession is gonna be like four or five minutes each. So, and what Troy was saying about Tom Brady last week, he didn't really beat us. We beat ourselves with the turnovers. So if they let Aaron Rodgers shred them up, it's going to be, I think it's going to be hard for Tampa to come back. You know, this ain't Tom Brady's Patriots with Edelman and fucking Gronk and shit coming back and uh, James White. But if Leonard and, and um, Ronald Jones gets anywhere between 85 to 150 yards combined. I don't know, man. It's going to be, it's going to be tough. And I'll let that dude Murphy, whatever that dude who was sticking Michael Thomas, whoever, if he has a solid game or whoever has a solid game against uh, Devontae Adams. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be a tough look, man, but they're going in the twenties. I'm honestly taking 17, to like no, I'm gonna take 18 to 20. Somebody's gonna have a, a game-winning kick or or a first down to win the game type of drive to end it. So you, Chad's going Packers, Troy's going Packers, Jared's. Going I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Packers too. But it's, it's gonna be. I'm gonna go Packers. Whoever got the ball last series is gonna is gonna win. They either gonna take a knee or they're gonna kick a field goal. Uh, I'm going Packers as well. Uh, cause. 
I don't trust Tampa Bay's offense, and that defense was just playing great because Drew Brees really couldn't throw the ball down the field, like talking about it, but we got a healthy air, well, a somewhat healthy Aaron Rodgers. Uh, so I think he's gonna have long, long drives. Uh, that run, that Packers run game is uh, is doing great right now, and the receivers are are doing great as well. I'm definitely taking uh, Aaron Rodgers and the and the Packers. Uh, the defense played great. Uh, it's it's gonna be a good game. Uh, I got yeah. I got it. Packers thirty one, uh, Bucks twenty. All right, and uh, our last topic. Well, one of our last topics. We got, probably got probably do one more uh but hand it over to troy so troy could uh break us down for this uh, <coughs> ufc pay-per-view tonight uh are we forgetting the bills and the uh chiefs yeah you want to do oh shit bills and chiefs. thank you thank you <coughs> troy starts off all right well i picked the uh bills to win the super bowl at the start of the playoffs I'm going to continue that, and I'm going to put a, an extra bold prediction on this one. I'm taking the Buffalo Bills to go into Kansas City and win 45-24. to 24. Holy shit. Uh, landslide. Yeah. Blowout. Yeah. Man, I, you know, you, you, you're not, you're not, you, you know, it's not like you don't have reasoning for that either. The Bills' offense is just so – you know they're they're they've been explosive this year. I mean they 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 it's you know it, and you've seen it you've seen it like in years before too. It's not like this is something that just came out the blue like this year. Like they, you could see their offense slowly creeping up, you know, making making adjustments, making improvements. And they they like five years ago this is not the same team. You know the Bills were uh, the the Bills are today. You know like the Bills. They have, you know, uh, they have a franchise receiver in Stephon Diggs. He looks like he loves it there. He looks like he's way happier than in Minnesota. Um, you have Josh Allen, who is well, well, like he's open on welcome in Bill's Mafia, you know, and I feel like he's going to ride that momentum, uh, Bill's Mafia, and, you know, just he's going he's gonna to take over this game. I don't see him uh, blowing him out as uh, – as much, but I'll, I'll take, I'll take the bills. I'll take the bills. Uh, I'll take the bills 35, 28. It's going to be a high scoring game for sure though, because these two, you know, dynamic explosive offenses, they're going to, you know, they're going to battle. They're that's plain and simple. They're just going to battle it out. You know? All right. <laughs> Hello. Is he frozen? Yeah, I think Jared? he's frozen. Yeah, I think he's frozen. <laughs> oh wow. Uh so I'm I'm right with the Bills. I think I I think I had the Saints in the Bills in the Super Bowl and then um Yeah, I had I think I had the Saints and Bills in the Super Bowl and then uh what the fuck? Oh, All right. Right, Wait, why is he twice. in here twice? <laughs> right. Yeah, no, I left once. My shit completely froze, and I had to leave, and then I came back. God damn. But, but yeah, man, I got the I I had the Saints Bills uh roll into the Super Bowl, but I had the Saints with it. So unfortunately, uh, this time I'm gonna have, I'm just gonna have the Bills make it to the Super Bowl. 
I think it's going to be a close game. I'm going 34-31 uh, Bills. Last uh, field goal in overtime. Well, I think um, I think there's going to be like a repeat of when the Chiefs played the Browns a couple years ago and they scored like 56-something or 40-something. Uh, I think both defenses are going to play like shit, which is going to give us a offensive <laughs> fucking <laughs> – Yeah, so I, I think I think – I think the Chiefs are going to win. It's going to be like, shit, 49 to 45. But it'll be it'll be fun to watch. We can, all, we can only hope it'll be that good. I know uh, if um, – I do think – one thing I will say, I do think uh, Patrick Mahomes is probably going to, like, be a little bit timid with his concussion. He's probably not going to want to take as many hits. He's probably going to – when he's rolling out the pocket, he's probably going to, like, brace himself. So his throws may not be there completely. But, you know, I don't think any NFL player is going to purposely try to aim for his head. Again, that'd be kind of stupid. But I think yeah, it'll no, be a good 49-45. Yeah, but, you know, yeah, I, I agree with you. He's definitely going to have that on his mind, you know, protecting himself and, like, thinking about what's around him. Definitely that's going to be on his mind for sure. Mm. All right, Troy, bring us into the UFC world. What we got for tonight? All right, tonight we have UFC 257 at the Etihad Arena in Abu Dhabi, also known as Fight Island. Oh, Abu Dhabi. Pretty much, it's a, it's really a, a two-fight card. You got Dan Hooker and Michael Chandler. In the lightweight division, you got Dustin Poirier taking on Conor McGregor, also in the lightweight division. A lot of people see this as a tournament for the next light heavyweight championship fight if Habib decides to retire, which it looks like he probably will. But, uh, yeah, um, Chad, who you got out of, out of those two fights? You know, uh, Dan Hooker. You know, I've I've been you know I've been watching him since he first uh, entered the UFC. He's been nothing but entertaining. He you know he had he had a he had a mishap against uh man I forget who was he uh who who was he lost to but he he had that one fight where he just got rocked you know and um you know it, I feel like Dan Hooker he's just been you know he's just been he's been presenting every time he fights, you know, he's, he's there and he's, he's dangerous too. I take Dan Hooker on this one, uh, in that, uh, fight against, um, in that fight. And then, uh, between Poirier and McGregor, you know, this is their second fight. You know, Poirier has some experience against Conor McGregor. You already know what he's going to do. Conor McGregor's, you know, first thing is he's going to try and knock you out first round. You know, that's, that's his goal every time. Uh, with that being said, you know, Dustin Poirier, he's more of a wrestler first, where McGregor's more of a boxer first. Uh, not taking, you know, from either one of their uh, respective, um, you know, boxing and wrestling, um, you know, uh, ways. But I feel like Poirier, if, if it's a long fight, if it goes the whole way, I feel like Poirier wins. The only way I see Connor winning is if he does the uh, first round knockout that he's always trying to aim for. Uh, so I think I'm going to take Dustin Poirier. I always like Dustin Poirier. He's real good. He, I like his technical wrestling uh, and, and along with his boxing ability as well. 
Um, he has been on a slow. He's been on a slope, though. You know, he had the fight against McGregor, lost that one. He had the fight against Habib, he lost that one. And you know, I mean, he, I feel like this is he. He shouldn't. I feel like he's he wouldn't get a title shot off of this fight. But I feel like the fight after this would be the decision maker of whether to give him a title fight or not. So. Fair points, fair points. Uh, what was that? <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, uh, I think it's going to be uh, a, a good good set of fights. So Dan Hooker, he's the uh, the long, lanky kickboxing specialist. And then you got Michael Chandler coming over from Bellator. He's the uh, the short, stocky wrestler with the power shots. Doesn't really have a lot of technical striking, but he can knock you out. Um, I think it's going to be a bad matchup for him, though, because Dan Hooker's got, let me see how many inches. Michael Chandler's 5'8", and Dan Hooker's 6 feet tall. So he's got 4 inches, about 5 inches of reach on him. I just think Dan Hooker's going to put some combinations together, probably get him out by, like, the third round. Uh and as far as the main event goes, I think Chad summed it up pretty good. Uh, their first fight was at 145 pounds, so you can't really use that as a as a judgment as to how you think this fight's going to play out because when you cut that much weight, especially in Poirier's case, uh, a lot of the fluid that you lose in your body is what protects you, especially with headshots, and that's uh, been proven in recent years. So the added weight will definitely be a bonus for Poirier. So he might be able to absorb some of those shots that McGregor's going to throw. Um, I do think his best interest is trying to get to the ground because Conor McGregor, his ground game is completely non-existent. He has no submission defense at all. His takedown defense has gotten better, but I think if Dustin can get the fight to the ground, he could submit him. I think if he doesn't, it, it'll probably either be a first or second round TKO for McGregor, or if it goes the distance, I think Poirier could probably edge him out in a three to two decision. All right, boys. Uh, last last little topic. Um, Troy, get us into the Pelican struggles. What's, what's going on with the Pelicans? All right, so Pelicans they they uh, hired Stan Van Gundy to come try to right the ship and. It's just not working out so far. I mean, we've lost about three or four games now by, like, literally two points or less uh, just because of bad clock management, uh, bad timeouts, or bad play calling out of a timeout, uh, lack of situational awareness in a lot of aspects. And uh, it's just been disappointing to watch because Zion and and Brandon Ingram definitely have showcased their ability to – be franchise centerpieces and they'll go out they each score 25 30 points a game and we we still lose we're like we got two players going putting up as much putting up the same numbers that LeBron and Anthony Davis is putting up but we're not winning so it's just it's aggravating um I'm not sure Stan Van Gundy is the completely the issue I do think there's some issues with the roster uh, JJ Redick obviously is is taking a nosedive off a cliff. He's shooting like twenty eight percent from three this year, and when your main asset is is three point shooting and you're shooting like fifteen percent lower than your previous career low, 
or 10% lower or whatever, it's not a good look. So uh, I think that the Pelicans are either going to have to chalk this season up or they're going to have to make a deal before the deadline to try to bring in somebody that can help, uh, especially on the defensive end. We need, we need three-point shooting and defense really bad. Three-point shooting is just terrible. His defense has been off, but everybody's defense has been off. Maybe they need to communicate more or something and maybe give more effort on the defensive end. But the Pelicans right now, they should be in in the hunt for a playoff for a play-in spot. But right now, they're playing like they want to go back to the lottery. So, defensive-wise. Yeah, you know, uh, one thing about this team is they're 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 a real young team with l- a little experience. You know, JJ Redick being one of the probably the most experienced player on that team. And you know, um, when you just when you bring around you know a bunch of young guys like Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, this is their first like five years in the league. You know, they're still like getting their legs down and whatnot. You know, they're gonna they're I feel like they just don't have enough confidence in themselves and they need, you know, uh, they need, they need someone to come in there and wake, wake them up. You know, they need someone to, they need a wake, wake up call to say, you know, these guys, they really are like the, the Pelicans. They are, they have the talent. They have the talent. I mean, you, they have potential too. Like they're, they're a young team, you know, that that's a, that's a real like pro and con uh, situation with, uh, the con being, you know, experience and the lack thereof, and then the pro being there's so much potential for them to grow, you know, and um, I feel like we just need someone to put everybody on the right track because, you know, I like I hate to see, you know, a team so talented. They really are, and it's just, they, they, I don't know. It's just you, you, you look at it, and it looks like it's going to work, and, you know, it just falls short every time. Uh, and, you know, um, I don't feel like the season's over yet. But, you know, they, they just need, like I said, they just need to wake up. And the sooner they do that, the better. And, honestly, if they don't do that very soon, then, yeah, the season is going to be chalked up just for another one. Um. As far as the Pelicans, not really. I know, like Troy said, they have been losing some close ones. And I sent y'all that pic. I don't know if I sent y'all that picture. No, I told y'all about that that picture. That guy was trying to, you know, um, insinuate that the Pelicans should trade for Kyrie Irving. And I don't really see that happen. I don't really see what to be pointed at. Um, but it could just be the coaching. You know, we do. Pelicans do have Brandon Ingram. Zion, Zion probably – might want to slim down a little bit, maybe expand his uh, shooting range too. He said he made his first three. What was that? Last night, night before. So take a try not to do like the Ben Simmons and stay within three feet of the goal. Maybe kind of spread it out a little bit. Um, I don't know how long Lonzo is going to be there, but I don't really see if he, I don't really. I can't really blame anything on Lonzo. He's getting his points. He's getting the assists we need. Um. But they just got to – I mean, it's still really early in the season. 
anything could happen. They could kind of bounce back and get that play-in spot. Or they could be fighting for another top draft pick. But trade, but, you know, move some people around. Josh Hart has his nights. Um, we just need more consistency. That's, that's it. Right, yeah, I mean, uh, you, you have a good point with Zion, you know, expanding his shooting, too. He, does, he definitely needs to work on that. And I feel like he'd be a much more effective player if he did work on his shooting. So, yeah, yeah. good point with that. He's only 20, though, so he's got time. I mean, that's the thing about the NBA. A lot of these oh, yeah. guys come in, they're 18, 19, 20, 21 years old. I mean, you got to give them at least like three or four years before you really know what you can get out of them. Right. Yeah. All right, y'all. This has been uh, episode 93. Uh, shout out to Chad for joining us as our special guest. Uh, like always, Zach, Troy, uh, Jared, we're always here. If anybody wants to uh, join us for an episode, just let, let any of us know. We'll uh, try and get you into the next episode. Um, make sure if y'all on YouTube and you're listening on YouTube, make sure you like, comment, subscribe on youtube if you're on uh anchor spotify all those audio apps make sure you uh put put primetime guys podcast as your favorite uh leave a comment leave feedback all that jazz and uh this has been episode 93 thank you guys peace all right guys y'all have a good one peace